the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. You see, it just turns around. God is saying that you ought to be involved in a local church because the local church, that is the people, need you to stimulate them. They need you to encourage them. They need you to remind them to to love and to be involved in good deeds. Perhaps the most famous quote by President John Kennedy was, Ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. The same could be said of the church. We live in a land of consumer Christians on a search for the church that best meets their needs. As we will see today on Verse by Verse, that is the opposite of what we should seek in a church. Pastor Steve Kreloff is our teacher, and we are involved in a series of lessons dealing with the essentials for Christian growth. The first two essentials Pastor Steve covered were Bible study and prayer. Today we will consider the important role that church plays in our spiritual growth. Pastor Steve has several scriptural reasons why church attendance is essential for every Christ follower. Here he is now with the details. I came to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior while I was a student at the University of South Florida. But for the first few months of my new life in Christ, I really floundered around spiritually. I was spiritually up and down. It was as if I was on a spiritual roller coaster. There was very little stability in my Christian walk. Now, this bothered me for a while, and I couldn't understand why other Christians seemed to have more stability than I did until I discovered that I was neglecting in my own life, I was neglecting a very vital aspect of the Christian life, and that was fellowship with other believers in the atmosphere of a local church. Now, I don't want you to have to experience this roller coaster like I did. I don't want you to have to have the same instability that I experienced, so Today, we want to discuss the importance of your relationship with a local church. First of all, we need to find out, what is the church? What is the church? Well, for one thing, the church is not a a man-made institution. It has a divine origin. When Jesus was on earth, he turned to his disciples one day, and Matthew 16, verse 18 records this, and he said, I will build my church. I will build my church. The church is his church, and he's the one who builds it. And for 2,000 years, that's exactly what the Lord Jesus has been doing. He's been building his church. You see, the church is not a building at all. The church is not an organization. What is it? It's a people who have received the gift of eternal life. In fact, the Greek word for church literally means called out. The church is made up of people who have been called out of a state of sin into a life of fellowship with God the Father... Jesus Christ, the Son, and all those who love the Lord Jesus. The church is one big family. It's the eternal family of God, with God the Father, God as the Father, Christ as the head, 
and every believer a brother or sister in the Lord. In fact, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 calls the church the household of God. We're one big family. And this family is spread out over all the world. But listen, while it's all over the world, this family, in every location, they gather together in local fellowships, which we call churches. So while there is a universal church made up of all those who have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ for their salvation, yet that universal church is broken down into local fellowships, which we call local churches. And today I want us to look at some truths concerning the importance of the local church in your spiritual life and for your spiritual growth. First of all, I would ask the question, why be involved in a local church? Now that's a legitimate question. Why should anyone, any believer that is, be involved in a local church? Now when we're referring to a local church, we're referring to a church that teaches the Bible. We're referring to a church that believes salvation is free. We're referring to a church that proclaims the word of God. So keep that in mind. But why should a believer be involved in a local church? There's a number of reasons. Number one, for yourself. For your sake, you need to be involved. Christ has established his church for your spiritual growth. I have never known anyone who avoided being a part of a local church who was still able to mature as a Christian. Well, how does the local church help you to grow? Why is it important? I want you to turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 11. And I want you to see the importance that God says and God puts on your involvement in a local church. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 says, And he that is Christ, that's who he is, he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. Really, it's pastor teachers. Jesus Christ has given to the church pastor teachers, the local church. He's given pastor teachers. Why? Look at verse 12. For the equipping of the saints. God has given the church pastors to equip or mature or get in shape spiritually the saints. Why? For the work of service, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we're no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. In other words, God has given the church pastors who can spend time studying the word of God so that they would get up on Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings and feed you the word of God, mature you as you learn the scriptures, equip you to be mature so that you can minister to others. And when everybody is ministering to everybody else, then the Bible says we'll no longer be children like children tossed here and there by every wind of doctrine. If you want to be stable in your Christian life, you need to be under the protection and under the care of pastors, of pastor teachers who can give you the word of God. So the first reason that you ought to be vitally involved in a local church is because God has given pastors and pastor teachers to the church to equip you and protect you and shepherd you and care for you. He's done that because he loves you. And if you don't get under, your care, under their care, you forfeit something that God has given to you and for you to protect you. Another reason why we ought to be involved in a local church is not only for ourselves, but for other believers. And so many people miss this point. They miss this point. And we don't want to just say that you ought to be in a church just for yourself. 
But you ought to be in a church for others, for the sake of others. Now, this may come as a surprise to you, but no matter how large or small the church you're involved in is, you're needed there. Some people look at a large church and say, well, they've got everything set up. They don't need me. That's not true. That's just not true. And to show you this, I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews, the 10th chapter, gives a very, very important exhortation to us about being involved in a local church. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25 says this, And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking your own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near, means the day of Christ's return drawing near. You know, it's just not easy to live the Christian life. It's not easy to be a believer in a world that is hostile and opposed to Jesus Christ. And because of this, it is very easy. We are very susceptible to becoming infected by the sins of our society, by the people we rub shoulders with. In spite of the fact that we don't want to be infected by their sin, it so easily happens that that becomes the case. And because of this, God has given a provision to help meet that need. And that provision is a local church. You need the ongoing encouragement that comes from other believers who will help you and remind you that you need to walk in love and good deeds. And that's what Hebrews chapter 10 is saying. You need to be stirred up, strengthened in the Lord. And this takes place when you share in the lives of Christians in a local church. Now, I want you to know something. We would not be fair to this passage of Scripture if that's all we said. Because I want you to notice, while all that is true and you need the encouragement and you need believers to, to sort of push you, and I need that too, while all that is true, I want you to notice that Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 does not say that. It does not say that you are to go and assemble with other believers because you need encouragement. What it does say is that you are to assemble with other believers and not forsake this assembling because they need you to stimulate them to love and good deeds. You see, it's just turns around. God is saying that you ought to be involved in a local church because the local church, that is the people, need you to stimulate them. They need you to encourage them. They need you to remind them to, to love and to be involved in good deeds. Many people, and I mean many people, have never seen this truth. They look at a church only from the perspective of what can I get out of it? What will it do for me? How will it minister to me? But the Bible calls us to reverse that. The Bible calls us to look at the local church from the perspective of what can I put into it? Who can I minister to? Who can I sacrifice for? Who can I lay down my life so that their needs might be met? And might I add, this means more than just attendance. God doesn't call us to be attenders in a local church. God doesn't call us to be spectators in an assembly. A church isn't just for dispensing spiritual food. It isn't just that you assemble on, on Sunday mornings and evenings and perhaps Wednesday night and the pastor just gives out spiritual food. If that were all that it was, then you can just stay home and listen to a cassette tape. No, the church is far more than what takes place Sunday morning or evening or one day or two days a week. It is the ongoing interaction and involvement in one another's lives. And that takes place throughout the week. You need to be involved in the lives of people in your church. Well, another reason that you ought to be involved in a local church is not just for yourself and not just for others, though that is legitimate, but taking it a step further, we ought to be involved for the sake of non-believers, those who are without Christ, unsaved people, the community. Why? Because the community of unsaved people watch the church. They want and they observe Christians 
functioning in a local church and the eyes of the world are on the local church to see if their faith is legitimate. Well, you say, how can they possibly know if my faith is legitimate? Well, I want you to turn to John chapter 13, and I want you to see a fascinating verse that Jesus uh, gave. Jesus spoke this just before he went to the cross, and he was telling his disciples what they were to be like and how they were to behave towards one another while he was gone. John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35 says this, A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples. What? If you just attend the church? If you just go there? If you just sign your name on a roll? No. If you have love for one another. Jesus said the world has a legitimate right to question whether we're really his disciples if we don't love one another. Now, how can they observe our love for one another, unless we're with one another, unless we're involved in the lives of one another, unless we're interacting with one another. You say, was there ever a church like this? Yes, there was, and there are today. But I want you to see that there was a church that really understood this, really laid hold of this concept, and it's found in Acts chapter 2. You'd be wise to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, because the church at Jerusalem laid hold of this concept. They understood what it was to love one another, and they really had an impact on their community. Acts chapter 2, verse 41 says this, So then those who had received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Then what happened? Now look, this church understood what, what functioning they were to have, what type of a function they were to have with one another. Verse 42, and they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. Let's stop there. They were involved in the study of the word of God, which meant they were being built up. They were maturing, and you can see that because it leads to fellowship. And fellowship, what does that mean? It means they were serving one another. They were, they were ministering to one another. They were participating in one another's lives. So the breaking of bread, what is that? That is participating in the Lord's Supper. And in prayer, they were praying together. These people were involved with one another. Now look at verse 43. And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. You see, the Lord Jesus was at work, and so there was a sense of awe. Everyone knew that something supernatural was taking place. Look at verses 44 and 45. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. In other words, if you needed something, I'd give it to you. If I need something, you'd give it to me. There was a commonness there. They had all things in common. Nobody was hoarding their own property and saying, this belongs to me and you can't touch it, and that type of selfish attitude. Verse 45, and they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. And that was the type of relationships they had with one another. They were meeting one another's needs. They were serving one another. And verse 46 says this, And day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple, there they were together, one mind, one heart, one purpose in glorifying God, and breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Now listen, this was a church that loved one another. Did the, did the community take notice? Did Christ's words come to pass? Was it fulfilled? If we really love one another, will people come to know the Lord? 
Yes, they will. They'll certainly be more responsive to the gospel when you witness. Verse 47 says this, and this is the end result. They were praising God and look, having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. People were, were being saved. They were observing this, this local church and they were saying they have something there. They have a love that I need in my life. And the church reminded people of Jesus. And so they were coming to know the Lord Jesus. So you need to be involved in a, in a loving church for the sake of the testimony of your testimony to unsaved folks. But there's a final reason why you need to be involved in a local church. And this is the most important reason, not just for yourself, not just for other believers, not just for unsaved people, but primarily and most importantly, for Christ's sake. For Christ's sake, the Lord Jesus wants you to worship him when you gather together with other believers. Now, we're to worship him throughout the week. But there's something very special. When the church comes together on Sunday, the Bible says that the Lord is in the midst of his people. The church as a whole is called the temple of God. Christ dwells in the midst of his people and he wants to hear us praising him. He wants to hear us offer up uh, the sacrifice of, of praise on our lips. He wants to hear us sing unto him. He wants us to gather together as his eternal family and praise him and tell him how much we love him. We are living stones, First Peter says. We are, we are a temple, and God dwells in the midst of us. And that's one reason that we are to get together. That is the primary reason that you're to be involved. Because while you can worship alone, God wants you to worship with others because he's glorified. So those are some of the reasons. That's the why to being involved in a local church. Four reasons, very important reasons. But let me ask another question. You say... At least I hope you're saying at this point, well, that makes sense, and the Word of God says it, so I ought to do it. How do I get started? How do I become involved in a local church? Let me give you some suggestions. Number one, be faithful in your, in your attendance. Don't be sporadic. Be visible. Don't be the last ones in on Sunday and the first ones out. Be visible. Be involved. Get involved in, in more than just being a spectator. Get involved in a Sunday school class where you can meet people on a more personal level. At Lakeside, our Sunday school classes begin at 9.30. Get there about 25 after 9. If you have children, put them in a Sunday school class and go to your class and be involved in the lives of others. Look in your bulletin for a flock that's, that's near your home Near your home in a, in a neighborhood where other believers are meeting. We have flocks at Lakeside. And these are small groups of believers who, who meet in the, in the same neighborhood. And they get together each week for Bible study and fellowship. And this will give you a great opportunity to fellowship on a, on a deeper level than perhaps you've, you've ever known before. This gives people the opportunity to know you and help you. And for you to know them and help them. Another suggestion. Be friendly to others. Don't wait for people to be friendly to you. Don't be like most people. The Bible says if we would have friends, we would have to be friendly. Be open to people. Don't be afraid to invite someone over to your home or to introduce yourself to them. Be on the lookout for ways you can reach out rather than expecting people to reach out to you. The Bible says that each of us have the responsibility to be friendly. And if others don't want to obey the Lord, then that's really not your problem. You're to be friendly regardless of what anyone else does. Another suggestion, be active in some type of ministry. I would advise you to be involved in some ministry. You can't do everything. But 
you can do something. And God wants you to do something. He wants you to do it well. God has a special ministry just for you. Whether it's an official program of the church or just meeting the needs of individuals in the church. If you're ministering to the needs of people, you are involved. Because why? The church is not a program. The church is not a building. The church is not an organization. The church is people. And when you're ministering to people, you are vitally involved in the ministry of your local church. Now, I want to give you one final word, and this is a word of caution. This is a word of, of advice. There are some Christians, and it's so sad that this happens, but it does, it's reality, some Christians who never get involved in a local church. In spite of what the Bible says, they, they refuse to obey the word of God. And there are other Christians, I'm sad to say, who while they do get involved in a church, never stay long enough in a church. They jump around from one church to another church. Why? Why has this happened? Why does this take place where there are some people who never go to a church, though they love, they know the Lord, and they claim to love Him, and there are others who never stick around long enough to really be active, or really have an impact, or have a sustained impact? Why does this take place? Well, usually, not always, but usually it's because something has bothered them in the church. Someone has either offended them, something has bothered them, they don't agree with something, and I'm not talking about a Bible doctrine, I'm talking about a non-essential matter. And rather than stay there and face things maturely, they pack up their bags and they run from any type of responsibility that they might have. It's wrong to retreat. It's wrong to stay home. It's wrong to feel you can make it without the church. You can't. And there are some people who say, well, look, I just turn on my television and I hear a preacher at home and that's my church. My friend, that is wrong. That is wrong. The Bible doesn't say to do that. You need to rub shoulders with real people. You need to be involved in a local church. You know what the problem is? I'll say it in one word. It's selfishness. Selfishness. If you look at the local church as only a way to have your needs met, then you'll be very disappointed. And you will leave the local church. If that's all you go to a local church for is for them to meet your needs, you will end up being disillusioned, disappointed, and you will probably leave. And you will probably leave a lot of churches in your lifetime. Selfishness, that's all. You see, churches are made up of imperfect people, just like you, just like me. No church is perfect. And if you continue with a selfish attitude, you'll never be satisfied in a church. You'll always be discontent. Instead, you need to look at church involvement as an opportunity to serve others. When there's a difference when, when someone has, has said something to you or hurt your feelings or you disagree with something, you need to look at it as an opportunity to forgive someone, to serve someone, to love someone who perhaps doesn't love you the way they should. You need to look at the church as an opportunity to give of yourself, to minister to others, to lay down your life for others. That'll help your attitude. If you've got that perspective, you'll go mighty far in your involvement in a local church. Jesus put it this way. He said, I came to serve others, not to be served. If you come to the local church and say, I'm here, serve me, you'll always end up being hurt. If you go there with the attitude is, I'm here, what can I do? How can I serve you? Then you'll have the joy of being involved in a local church. Everything that Christ has designed. You know, there was a church in the Bible known as the church at Corinth. It was a terrible church. They were selfish. They were proud. They were egotistical. They weren't serving others. They were self-seeking. The Apostle Paul spent 16 chapters writing to them, and not once does he say, 
leave the church, go to Ephesus where they have another church, go to Philippi, move to Rome and be involved in that church. Your church, you just can't, it's terrible. Get out of there. Never. Instead, he spends 16 chapters correcting the church. And you know how he corrects them? He says, love one another, sacrifice for one another, be selfless towards one another. And you see, instead, what he's saying is, change your attitude, change your perspective, stay there, be committed to that group of people and grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. I trust you'll take these words to heart and you'll be involved in your local church. I trust you'll believe what the Bible says and you'll practice what it says about a local church. I trust that you'll be a servant wherever God leads you to attend a local church fellowship. Let's bow for prayer. You have been listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We hope this third lesson on the essentials for Christian growth has been of help to you. If so, perhaps you would prayerfully consider helping us keep Verse by Verse on the air. To learn how, please visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. If you would like to listen again to today's class or to any previous ones, they are available on the website in MP3 format. To order a cassette or a CD of this lesson without announcements, call us at 727-239-0306. It's been said that the fear of public speaking is greater for most people than the fear of death. Next time on Verse by Verse, Pastor Steve will discuss something that may be even more terrifying for many of us than either dying or making a speech. I hope to see you then. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's Verse. Well, star meant. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.